Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang Hey everyone, welcome back to Les Hangout, the podcast that just wants you to answer the call. From the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. To those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. Here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This Week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise, and we want to remind you all about our Season 5 Patreon campaign. Once we hit 125 patrons, we will start releasing bonus episodes so we can talk about all kinds of other queer movies that we might not get to on our Les Essentials. We were just talking about it before this episode. We have a huge list, and we will never get to all of them unless uh, we do some bonus episodes. So... If you want to see those happen, you can go to bit.ly slash lespatreon and join our Patreon so we can start getting those bonus episodes going. And who doesn't want to see that happen, Ellie? Nobody. Everyone wants this. You want to listen to Ellie and I rip apart kissing Jessica Stein. Come on. Yes. I want to listen to that. Also in the greater Les universe, Elaine Romagnoli has passed away. She was the founder of The Cubbyhole and all kinds of lesbian nightlife. And I just want to say a huge thank you to Elaine for creating the cubbyhole. I was just there this past weekend. She is an absolute icon and deserves to be celebrated. So we wanted to share that. And also, there's some new gay stuff in the world. Tell us about it. Yes. So Amazon has a new gay comedy coming out. It's called Harlem. And Megan Good is starring in it. Megan Good of Deb's fame. One of our incredible favorite films. I know we just had, I've, we've had a couple people in our Patreon Discord watching Debs for the first time lately, and it is just, it warms my little gay heart every time. It's always worth a watch. It is. Every time someone talks about it, I just immediately want to rewatch Debs. There's never a bad time for it. No, let's watch it tonight. Okay, great. <laughs> After our three hour recording session, let's watch another <laughs> movie. <laughs> Can't wait. That's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. We are so excited to bring you episode six of season five. Here comes the general <laughs> with Lynn Renee. <laughs> you can't do it without saying it like that. You can't. It's impossible. Hi. Hi, Lynn. We're so excited to have you here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm as excited as you are. <laughs> I don't know if that you can ever be as excited as we are, but we appreciate that. For those of you in our audience, Lynn Renee is best known for playing General Alder in one of our favorite TV shows, Motherland Fort Salem. We're so excited. We're going to dig into some Motherland today. I feel like everyone had to know this was coming sooner or later, right? We keep talking about it, Ellie. We're obsessed with the show, but yes, we, have, we haven't done yeah. like a deep dive yet. We have, Lynn, since Motherland Fort Salem came out, we pretty much talk about it once an episode. Just so you know, uh, we just, we love the show. We had Lynn at our trivia, which was Mm -hmm. so fun. And so now we're here to to talk more. So Lynn, why don't you just kick us off with 
the casting process for Motherland Fort Salem, I'm always so curious to see how the actors got cast in their roles. So can you tell us about getting cast in Motherland Fort Salem? Yes, I absolutely can. Wow, 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 casting, yes. Um, it's a process, it, it really, really is. And it's something that can be magical. But, um, you know, over the years I have learned not to get too close to the characters that, you know, you get to read for or audition for. But when this one came along, I was like, oh my God, I was just, I was just, blown away by her alder that character that then you know came dancing off these pages and it was the level of difficulty that for me seemed so challenging and thus so inviting and my roommate at the time was a star because <laughs> she helped me uh, and i think it took us about three and a half hours to tape it. There were two very long scenes, I think from one in the arena when she first speaks to her recruits. And I mean, you know, you got, you got to think about it. This isn't an American accent. This is a general that has lived more than 300 years. She carries so much. And for me, it was all about how can I do this believably, you know, and really bring her so they believe that I'm that older. And what can I bring to it, which is something different that stands out. And I just had so much fun with it. it. took the longest time, really, really, really prepared hard. Preparation is everything. I can't say it enough. And, you know, taped it and I let it go because I was like, <laughs> I will never hear back from this. And basically <laughs> just let it go. And then months later, Literally months later, my team called me and they were like, Lynn, you may be flying to um, Vancouver on Tuesday. And it was like a Friday or something, the 4th of July. I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, the general. I was like, the, gen the, gen <gasps> the, the general? general. <laughs> and I literally <laughs> was like, oh my God, I have some big shoes to fill. So that was basically, yeah, that was basically the process of the casting of the casting. Had you gotten sides just for Alder or had you gotten to see any of the rest of the show, like any of the, the rest of the script? Basically what they do is they send you the pilot. Um, so the first episode during the pilot season, and then they give you two to up to, you know, sometimes six, seven scenes. In this case, I believe there were two, two or three. And no, there were two, actually the two scenes from the pilot, the one where Abigail comes in the office and me, um, uh, not me, Alder, I should say, addressing <laughs> the troops. And so I was like, The lines right. are blurring already. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, that. Was that. And do you, do you know if you were in earlier casting? Had, had some of the rest of the cast already been set? or All the cast had been set. All the cast had been there for a month and a half. They had been training. They had... You know, they were in L.A., they did um, screen tests. I was literally flown four days before being on set, before standing in an auditorium with about a thousand extras, <laughs> literally oh, during wow. rehearsal going, oh, my God, how? I'm, I literally had to go to the restroom and take a moment, had a tiny little panic <laughs> attack. And I was like, Lynn. Pull yourself together. <laughs> you got the job. They give you the part. Now go out there and be General Alder. <laughs> and I did. 
I love that so much. We've we've also talked to so like I feel like we've had so many actors who say this to us. Like it is crazy to be an actor. Like they're they're like, yeah, so months, 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 and like, oh, in two days come and you're in yeah. it, right? Like they, <laughs> no, does that happen insane. often? Yeah, it's insane. I mean, you know, <laughs> when I when I got wrapped for season two for Motherland, I was doing press in Vancouver and the next day I was gonna fly to New York. And I was called by my team and they were like, what do you think of Gossip Girl? And I'm like, uh, the pens. Four <laughs> days I had. Four days to let go of one show, get into another, leave an accent, bring a new accent on, slip uh. into a whole new pair of shoes. Four days. I mean, Jesus Christ. That's like, ins- it's insane. It's very that is hard. so insane, but so, so impressive. So yeah. impressive yeah, to be you like, just do it one day you were not the general, and then four days in, yeah. you just have Later. to jump into it. That is Give a girl fun. a heads up. Yeah, seriously. I know, exactly. Can I get some more time to prepare for Helena Bergman? Thank you. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, obviously, you stepped into her shoes very, very well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk more about Alder. Alder as a character is just like mm-hmm. such an incredible character. Over 300 years old, such a badass. What are the things that you love the most about getting to play General Alder? Oh, there's so many. The outfit. Just start with the outfit. (laughs) I mean, well, that's, yeah, that's a good one. Thank you. That's a great one because (laughs) the thing is this. Of course, there's a character written and you feel like you can play this. It isn't until you get to set And when you are in that, it's when you put that uniform on. And for me, that was the thing. Like, I was in the trailer. I got to put that uniform on. I changed my posture completely. I mean, you have no idea the pain I was in at the end of the night just by holding the posture of Alder the whole day. (laughs) And it's, you know, you put that on. And I was just like, make them believe you're Alder. And it was, I think, about two months in on the first season where in the morning I, I came to set and the crew started to go, General, when I pass. And I was like, oh, <laughs> they believe it. Yes, I got it. And That's incredible. She's, she's so untouchable. You know, she's lived such a long life. She's seen everything. She's done it all. That she's come to this certain place where she loses her values and he, she loses her etiquette, you know, because she has no more... Yeah mostly everyone around her is wrong because they haven't lived to see what she's been through. So it's like being the best of your class the whole freaking time. But after a while, it's just like, you know what, guys, let me just do my thing. And just she's just, she's the coolest. I mean, she's so freaking cool. <laughs> well, it's, and it's funny that you're talking about that posture because it's like, despite that posture, she carries a weight you know, yeah, like absolutely. the the years add up, I think. And it's you oh. can there's something in that, like her as a character that you can see that Well it's it's become you, steel. You can see right? that yeah, and it's become steel and it's it's you know, all yeah. these walls that she's had to hold up and that's why it was so beautiful this season that I got to play with what was behind that steel wall which seemed impenetrable and what what does what makes the woman tick where is her heart you know and for me it was very important to go and find that and to do that through through the girls 
And it was so beautifully written and presented that we could delve into that and explore that. And I think we all learned so much from and, that. And what does make her tick? Because the fans have some theories. <laughs> well, yes, of course. <laughs> the fans have huge theories. No, for, for Alder, what makes her thick is a tick, I should say, is, 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 you know, it's her kind. It's the perseverance of that kind and not being, you know, exterminated, basically. And we are on the verge of that. And, and that's the urge. And it's been a never ending fight. And that's why this, you know, she's, she's, she got really tired, I guess, as well at one point. And what makes her tick is that, you know, that's what she's done. That's what she's given her whole life up. That's why she's made all the sacrifices she's made throughout her life and career. Yeah. It's been America. It's been saving her own kind, all her daughters. That's what makes her tick. I love that, especially because I think, like, Alder as a character to me is really interesting in terms of the fan reaction to her because, I mean, when you look at a show like Motherland and, like, obviously, you know, Ellie and I, we spend a lot of time with queer media and digging into all Dissecting and dissecting <laughs> Over and over again. But it's like you look at a show like this and you're like, this is going to be huge. You know, like you can just see it coming. You can like see the wave of of like fan support for it. But sometimes it's always interesting to me, like to see where where the fandoms latch on and, and how and why and stuff. And I think there's something that like besides the fact that like we have like canon queer characters, obviously, and like that witches are always sort of like queer coded in their own way in so much of media there's also like so much of motherland that i think resonates with queer people and with queer communities because of that sense of like found family and like chosen family that you see in the units and in like fort salem just in general and in all of these things and it's like I feel like there's that piece of us that is like, ah, yes, and our protector mother, <laughs> the general who is here to, like, keep us all safe. And, like, that, there's something in that as well, you know, that I think makes uh, makes Alder an interesting... Well, yeah, and she's she's so asexual, you know? And everybody, of course, wants <laughs> is her she, to we be... Saw, we saw season one. I don't think that uh, well, Beltane is what I'd call... Well, no. <laughs> For her, an asexual festival, but it isn't emotional for her. This is part of her yeah. duty, and what I mean with asexual is that Alder doesn't, when it comes to love or love interest, that is not apparent in her life. You know, it's just simply not there. Her life, her complete life, is devoted to leading. I mean, when you know, when she sang that forbidden song to save her sister. She also lost the ability to become a mother. And mm. so even though all of these daughters are hers, she is a mother of none. And that's an interesting, you know, aspect as well that I have always played with as an actor into, you know, my story, my behind story. So, I mean, there's so many different facets to her. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, it makes complete sense. But it's also like what, when you're talking about found family, Lee, what I I think you're right. We we resonate with this because we can understand Alder not having biological children and yet having children, mm-hmm. right? Like they are very much her children. Like and in a costume, like, is her found yeah. family. 
you know? Yeah. That is her, you know, if it, the, the, it's the nearest to having had a daughter and Costa is the example of that. And, you know, she lives vicariously through these younger women as a mother, but not a mother, you know, but it's, it's, yeah, it's an interesting thing. And, and like that, that founded family, how the three girls come together and how they become a family, you know, it's a, it's a very beautiful thing. And it resonates because in life, it's the same way. Yes, you come from a family, but then there's your other family, you know, that you make along the way and that changes all the time. Yeah, I love that so much. I also think it's why we tend to forgive Alder of a lot of the things that she does, right? Where we're like, we see, we just always are seeing the good in her because like as viewers, she's also in a way like a mother figure, like you look at her like a mother figure to yourself as well, right? As you're watching. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? I just feel like there's, Alder really straddles the line between good and evil. Like, where do you feel like she fits on that spectrum? We're going to put Alder on an alignment chart for ourselves. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, I would immediately hold up the mirror to yourself and go, what is evil and what is good in you? You know, I think in life, as you go, you make decisions. And when you look back, you can call them evil, but at the time, they were good or you thought they were good. I thought it was very interesting to play with that constantly, to tease the audience constantly, to tease myself where is that boundary and of course i have fun with pushing her to limits where i brought in that darkness a little more and i think alder that's her fun right (laughs) nobody knows but that's Mm -hmm. where she has a little bit of fun like she becomes that all-knowing creature and that maybe plays with bad and good and is your mirror in showing what that is with you if that's not too crazy yeah (laughs) No, it, it is. <laughs> no, and it's no. also like, I feel like this with what we were just talking about of this idea of like Alder who has lived forever for generations and has seen like generation after generation after generation of her children, not biological children, but her daughters in sort of this unending war, you know? And it's like, I kind of, I don't know why this is like the first thing that just came to mind, but I don't know if you've ever read Ender's Game. Right. But like when you read Ender's game, the whole time he's playing this game, what he thinks is like a simulation war game and doesn't find out at the end uh, until the end that like he was controlling real troops and like fighting actual battles and like winning a real galactic war because they didn't want to put the weight of like these are real people on his shoulders because he was a kid, you know, but it's like you just think about that mentality of saying like, yeah, hi, here's a woman who has just like for like de- like for centuries been sending her children out to die in combat like incessantly I over mean, and she over saw and over again and fall. having to exactly. make those decisions like Exactly. That's just How does a that lot. not affect <laughs> you? How does that not affect you? And in that way I was very grateful that in the second season we got to, you know, go and explore that a little bit. Like, why did she become, and I think, you know, her telling why, what she has all done and where you see yeah. the vulnerability finally showing where you go, like, do you, have you, 
got any idea. I think that was an eight episode, Catherine or a nine episode nine. And you, she gives you a glimpse. I mean, the gl- slightest of glimpse. I mean, imagine what that does to you if you do that again, over and over again. It's like everybody dies constantly around you and you just keep on doing war and war and war and war. I mean, no wonder that she's become the way she is and that you kind of go like, uh, is yeah. she- is she for real? Like, is she good? Is she, is, what's she going to do now? Weather like, doesn't know what's about to hit her. I know, exactly, <laughs> right? And so it's a constant. And of course, yep. you know, with TV on a character like that and a show where we are pushing boundaries, I thought it would be fun to really, really stretch myself in that, you know, and counter it by, you know, going into a place where you you say a certain line a certain way and then you just know that your audience is going to be like, oh my God, no, that's like, oh, she's the bad guy, she's the bad guy. And then moments after, you just trick them by giving them a completely different color yeah, and just surprising them by the sweetest, just look or touch or like just that and you completely throw them off. And it's just like, you know, bouncing between those two places where, you know, I think you have to go just before you lose control and go, Jesus Christ, what the hell is happening? What's going on? Until you can't go any further. And something has to happen, which it did, of course. She cut. Yeah, I think so, what so the, she's yeah. like a chaotic good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah. also like what the hell is happening is like such season two. <laughs> like the entirety of season two, yes. you're like, what the hell is happening? Um, which I love. Also, like <laughs> speaking of pushing boundaries, Let's talk a little bit more about Talder. We we need to talk about it. So I feel like there's the scene with you with Alder and Tally, right? Where we have this whole dream sequence. Like, what was that like for you to like I know we talked about it a little bit on trivia, right? Of like pushing those boundaries. You know, you, you come to these scenes and I mean when you're opposite, you know, Jess, you, you just know that she's coming to kind of go like ah this is gonna be fun you know i <laughs> i just love directing with something that they don't um, how do i say that expect i like to mm. kindly throw them off and i thought you know if i'm gonna if if, I, if i'm gonna play the scene i'm in this whole dream sequence i have to push it and i have to make it strange and weird and with Tally and Alder having had that intense connection, you know, and it now sev- being severed, I thought it would be fun to just play with, you know, how close can she come? And it was so much fun to just <laughs> tease them with like, am I going to like, you know, and it was, look, you know, you're so deep in filming the season that a moment like that is so much fun to play because otherwise the whole time it's like, you know, it's so... Uh, it was very dark. So in that moment, it was fine. Really fun to stand still and make little chess quiver. Uh, was, yeah, it was exciting. Do you think she was doing the same thing? Was what? she trying to throw you off your game? I think she was, um, I don't think overwhelmed, but I mean, it was just in, t- in the way that it was lit. I mean, it was so cool because we reflected a lot from the scene before when she walked into my office. You know, my hair was down again because mm. we did want to tease with wait, are people going to believe this? Are they going to, we needed to push the envelope so much that they believed it was real for a long time until she got strapped to the chair, right? 
Oh, it was fun to just, you know, play with... That was fun too. I mean, you know, <laughs> we go through these brutal scenes, but we take care of each other and we have so much fun doing them. And we have so much fun doing them together. And, and you know, we take care of each other. We always, you know, go like, can we push it that far? You know, you just, you get to play with each other. And I think there were some great moments in there. Like that. I love that so much. I mean, we, we talked about that Agreed. at Trivia a bit too. I like this idea of you all taking care of each other. Were there any other moments where like, you know, off when you're not on camera or like right before you go on camera, you're all prepping and taking care of each other to get into these really, like you said, dark, intense scenes? Oh my God, yes, you have to. I mean, these are long days. These are sometimes we go for like 18 hour days with everything, including makeup, hair, take off, travel, transport there, you know shooting 12 hours a day and it's it's it, it it takes a lot from you and sometimes you have to shoot a scene over two days um when we shot episode nine we were in the big hangar at the airport and we shot the first day the camera was basically at the foot end of the hangar and then the next day they turned it around but you've got to meet that exact emotion and i remember when the director came to me and they said oh then we forgot a shot. We just need to come around for you looking at, you know, Demetria and Anacostia when you break. And I'm like, ah, sure, great, thanks. Hold on a minute. And I literally run to uh, Demetria. I'm like, Dee, I need you right now. I'm like, I have no idea how to get there. And she's like, I got you. <laughs> and from that moment on, we prepped and you are together and... I'm really blessed to have co-stars like this, you know, and Demetra and I had that whole fight sequence before I fall and the biddies fall before all the falls. You know, we were, we were doing that during a night shoot and you keep each other up and the whole night we were just joking around and having so much fun. And then you have to come to such an emotional moment and you just, you know, Demetra and I, we, we would just lock our arms and put our foreheads together and, you know, really take a moment and breathe together and, and find that everything that you need to play the next scene. And it's uh, amazing what happens at that moment when two people decide to really go, okay, we're going to do this together. And it was very emotional. And, you know, at one point we just, we couldn't stop crying anymore. It was very interesting because, you know, as I said, throughout the night, you're like doing the stupidest things to keep awake and each other laughing. And then all of a sudden you just have to turn it 360 degrees. And you know, when you have good people, when they are able to go, yeah, let's go there. And that's taking care of each other. And, and that's quite amazing, you know? I love that. Do you think yeah. that it's because of the content of the show that you have that relationship with the people that you're working with? Or have you had that a lot in other sets? I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know. I mean, look, on the one hand, you go, geez, that's a lot of women together. And sometimes, you know, we have things, you know, we have our periods. We, you, know, you come in and you're like, you know what, not today. And we know. It's a lot of hormones. Yes, there are. But, you know, we also know each other well enough now to go, okay, just give her the space. And you give each other that space and you let go. And then you just go, hey, you know, I'm here if you need me, right? Yeah, I know. Thanks. And you know when to step away and you know when to intervene. And that's good friends, you know? And I think you start to communicate that way because we were also in a very complicated situation last year. 
there was a pandemic. We were isolated from our families. We were not able to fly back for Christmas. And we were all in very isolated spots, you know. We were not really able to hang out with each other and see each other offset. Normally you have fun on set, to, you know, together. This time you're six feet apart, double masked, shield. Everybody's on, in a book or on the phone and it was, felt so different. So, you know, communication was important. And I think when the focus is laid on communication, maybe it helps by treating each other better. And I hope, after all, through the pandemic, if anything could yeah. become better, it's how we communicate with each other. Well, it probably also makes such a big difference to have at least have it been like the second season, you know, like that you had all these relationships already, yeah, you know, like you know, all knew each other and had worked together. I mean, I'm trying to yeah. imagine shows doing that with like their new cast, like wow, yeah, first season and, and things through this. It must just be crazy. I mean, you know, it was amazing because our network, they really did check in with us in, in January and they all went like, how are you doing? <laughs> you know, um, if you need help, they offered um, therapy for us, which I thought was amazing. You know, you check in with your people, you are separate, you are, you know, there's, our cast is very diverse. Uh, Molly is from Sweden, I'm from Belgium. You know, people are far away from their homes and and, and friends and loved ones. And it's, it's not always easy. So, yeah, we, we really did um, stick up for each other. I love that so much. I'm just like feel like that's it feels like a very nice environment to work work in. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And speaking of the community around you, I want to talk like that great segue to biddies. So speaking <laughs> of all of this community supporting you, let's talk about the biddies. What did it feel like? I mean, first season and second season, but... I just feel like as an actor, it must have been such an interesting experience to have all of these other actors that literally react perfectly in sync to you. Like they are supposed to be an extension of you. What was that like? Oh my God, my biddies, my heart, my seven hearts. They were everything. I mean, you know, they're part of, of Alder and they were like seven, I don't know, like, what do I call them? Mediums to like grandmas, like grandmothers I never had that I got to have, like very wise women. And I felt whole with them. It was very interesting. When they were in there, I felt like I was literally missing something, a big, big chunk of myself. And I really had fun finding moments in the script where I thought, oh, if I were to move my head, 
just a slight tilt to the left or the right, right? And I went to them in the morning before every scene we had together. And I was like, girls, I found the moments. And they got <laughs> so excited. And we would pinpoint them. And we would go, when I say that, at that word, at that moment, I will tilt my head. If you were to copy me, exactly. And we found these moments. And it was really lovely to do. And, you know, I made it a point to go over to them and have a chat with them and they were really there. Yeah, they were an extension. I mean, I, I remember when we had to tell them that they were going to be killed. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was a very sad day. It wasn't a, a yeah. dry eye. It was a very, very tough goodbye. Yeah, I'm curious for season three, what's, what's going to happen to Groot Alder without the biddies <laughs> now? I have no idea. Well, I do, but I can't tell you. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> right, you That's didn't okay. even pretend for very long. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have no idea. Two, three. <laughs> well, the other the other thing I love about the biddies is, you know, when we were talking just before about, you know, Alder being kind of asexual and like kind of being set apart and, you know, like not having like any emotional love um, interests or yeah, love interest. I'm curious, like, how do you date with biddies? <laughs> well, exactly. What does a date with biddies look like? Is well, that, is that mean... like seven chaperones <laughs> i mean it felt like i felt on beltane in the first season it felt like mm-hmm. you're it with there with the guy you're about to get intimate and there's seven women standing around you how would you <laughs> it was weird man. it was so it was i mean look uh, it was uh made to be comfortable and it was actually really funny because it was so cold and minutes before of course this big jacket is taken off and all of a sudden, these frogs in the pond would be like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> we just couldn't stop laughing. It was so funny. Yeah, just moments like that you don't forget. But that's, I think, the closest you you got to see Alder in, I don't know, anything that's got to do with, well, and you never know, right? Because who knows if one day all of a sudden something appears and she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, that would have to be something so special, I guess. <laughs> I want a whole episode that's just Alder speed dating and you just have like seven little biddies. Like, oh my God, that would be so fun. Table. A table just with Alder and her people. busy biddies. <laughs> Next thing. Yeah, one, one, I don't one, one, one I feel like gift would be very difficult. Like, any, like any of the people coming through there, like they're going to have a hard time being questioned by General Alder. <laughs> it's actually really, that's a really fun thing. Honestly, amazing. <laughs> yeah. I think so there's like fun. another person out there who like also has a bunch of biddies that would be like Alder's match. So it's just like fourteen biddies. Oh my right? god! Imagine. And then like the two of you. <laughs> oh my god! It's the only way well, that you could really least, understand. And each then other. they'll have partners, so they can go for a bite. <laughs> fine. Jesus. How do it we can get be rid like of those them? things when like twins marry twins? I it's like exactly. your biddies and their biddies can all just like pair off together. I know. Like, it's like oh, they're paired off now. Get that out of here. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. We've landed I, in a weird place. I, know, I love I'm this. Sorry. Yeah, I love this weird alternate biddy universe. So I love it. <laughs> Let's. We chatted briefly about season three. I know you can't say a lot. However, what, uh, without spoiling anything, 
What would you like to see for Alder in season three? Actually, well, can you confirm? Can you confirm that Alder is in season three? Is that something you can or cannot confirm? Well, I think with the end image, um, we have a, um, a a hint, a hint, a suggestion. <laughs> I pause because it's a good question, and I honestly don't know whether I can confirm it, but I I guess I can. Okay. <laughs> we can we can speak in hypotheticals as well. That's okay. What would you like to see for for General Alder in well, season three? I would like in an her, ideal world, you an, know, where she's a, there. In an ideal world, I would like her to be this being, this all knowing being that comes back and somehow, of course, saves the day. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, well, for us, we just want to make sure that we see General Alter again in season three. No, that's that's it. That's baseline. That's I'm, all on we a, need. I'm on a plane the 19th of October, so you will. Wonderful. Yes. And and I my hope is that she just won't be Groot the whole time. That's you know. Yeah, just like we'd that- like some moisture back in the skin, please. <laughs> oh, yes, same here. And yes, I will. I trust me. I'll make sure of it. That what, Alder stays moisturized like for those for those shoots. What did you have to do to to become Groot Alder? Was it just all green? No, for that particular scene when I turned into that bark, I literally had dots on my face, maybe nine mm. or ten or so. Um, the special effects guys they just came over and told the makeup artist where to put the dots. It's incredible what they can do. I mean, the special effects this season were. Yeah, breathtakingly beautiful. I w- I was in awe. I mean, the last shot as well. I I was so excited to see it because when you're hanging there, yes, everything around you is green screen. You're in a harness. You're barely clothed, and it's then you see this Andrzej, and you're literally like, wait, what? From the experience to seeing that image, it's just it's it's unbelievable. These these people are absolute artists, and get my absolute respect. They are, and at the same time, I'm always so impressed by actors in shows like this with the ability to, you know, because we do, we only get to interact with the final product where you get all the effects and all the sounds and, you know, these beautiful things that they create. It's like you always have to take a step back and remember, like, yeah, you're filming this whole thing with nothing happening. Nothing around you. Nothing's going on. I love it because for me, that is the purest form of acting. Yeah. It's going back to your, it's purely using your imagination. And I feel like so many people are incapable of tapping into their true imagination anymore because we are so diverted and constantly interrupted by these, by technology. Phones, interruptions, notifications, da 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 And it's, 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 it's pretty sad. And for me... You know, one of my favorite, most favorite things when I was little, I remember my mom's aunt had this like wedding shop, I believe. And so my mom had like four or five wedding dresses in her um, closet. And I used to grab one, grab the material together because it was way too big. I mean, I think I was seven or eight. I don't know. And I'm on this little bicycle and I went to the forest and for the, I don't know how long, I just imagined my castle, my... Everything I saw, everything, and I believed it. My bicycle was a carriage and was led by a horse and everything I believed. And it was so purely based on my imagination. And 
Was it because I lived in the countryside and I had the freedom to go and play in forests? I mean, literally, our mom would come looking for us because we would be gone for hours. And then she would hose us down, the three of us, to come back into the house. And we played outside the whole time. My mom would just go and say, play outside. And our imagination, I guess, has been trained because we got to play outside and train it. And therefore, I'm able to access it. And for me, this time around, green screen was my first time. I was like, oh, my God, I get to play again. It's fantastic. I love that so much. I also love, like, the idea of, like, actors just, like, accessing this childlike part of them. Right? Like, you're just playing. Well, because, you know, when we look at kids, we always say, like, they're so disarming because they don't have shame. They don't think yet of what people think of them. You know, they're just free. They're free to just express themselves. And that's what I mean. That's that freedom and tapping into that imagination. And to be able to do that as an adult is so freeing because it does feel like you get to be that child again. You get to play again. Because, you know, you have to be so rudimental now and society expects this and this and this and I feel like when you're able to do that I just feel I feel so free it's like my therapy it's the best thing there is I love the juxtaposition also of Alder being over 300 years old and yet to play Alder you have to access like an inner child right but it is look Alder is driven by her little little inner child of course she is we all are you know, you know, I think it's a very good exercise to look back and look at your little inner child and start talking to them instead of how you're talking to yourself. Because the moment you realize how you talk to yourself and how you would talk to a child is very different. So I always say, always yeah. have that little inner child of yours next to you. Mine is called a Gracie. And when I hear myself talking badly to myself, I go, oh, wait a minute. Now say that to Gracie. And wow, do you say it differently? It's a, you know, and that's the thing. And everything is driven. And the older definitely has that inner child. It's what put her there. I love that. Uh, we haven't seen Alder as a child at all in the show, no. right? No. Another hope for season three. Ellie. I know. I'm like, that would be so amazing. Right. Well, because I think, too, yeah, we haven't talked too much about this, but like, there's a lot of wit. It's not really witch lore, like witch history, really, in Fort Salem, right? The fact that it's in Salem, Massachusetts. Like, mm-hmm. I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. So, like, there's also, like, um, when they have the thing in Marblehead, that's, like, 45 minutes from me. I could drive to Salem easily. What was the most fascinating to, to you to learn about, like, this witch history like the fake history of fort salem but also like the real history i think the, how i merged it for myself to understand it was i called myself the georgina washington <laughs> i did the crossing of the delaware yes i fought all the battles i made america into what it was i didn't only save my kind but I also did win all those wars and built an America that is how it is today. And it's a very different one than, than the one that we're in, you know? And I think that's that, that merge, I think, I thought. That was interesting, you know? And that's when the accord was signed. 
in, you know, the, the, the Salem Accord. It was just to keep more people alive. But at the, at the same time, geez, Holler is a general and not just a little, like a wimpy little general. And that's why she's of such importance. I mean, she's been under 45 presidents, yes, but she's basically ruled all of them, you know. Did General Alder throw tea into the Boston Harbor is what we wanted? (laughs) (laughs) Probably, no. Well, you know, but that is the question, right? (laughs) And therefore, I had to ask all these questions myself. Look, when I saw that picture of myself in the cutout in the mountain and the the Lincoln statue, oh, Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, that was like, that's how I understood the gravitas of the history that came with it. And that explained yeah. it to me, because those statues, how we know them in our world and how we would convert them into the motherland from Salem world, have the same gravitas. Does that make sense? Because that's, yeah. you know, you I don't mean, just get that statue. Listen, that's like, wow, you've got General to have Bellwether. General Bellwether doesn't have a, a giant statue. That's well, exactly. all I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. It's like, how dare you? Even to tell you, how dare you stand up to me? Do you know what I've done? They have no idea. <laughs> Lynn's, Lynn's going to fight you on behalf of Alder. That's, uh, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> I love General Bellwether, but yes. <laughs> both. Honestly, both of them. I'm like, I just. I love everyone in the show. Like, yeah, also just... they're all amazing. We have got amazing women around us, for sure. So incredible. Let's talk a little bit before we wrap up. We've talked about the actors. We've talked about the show. But there's also a huge fan base around Motherland Fort Salem, right? And particularly, we are a lesbian podcast. There's a huge LGBTQ fan base for Motherland Fort Salem. So can you tell us what it's been like to have that fan base for motherland and also for you as an actor what is that like um i think it's wonderful because i think it's about time that a story is told where told i should say where you know the leading couple is a gay couple and in this case it's a lesbian couple and that's something that's very renewing and i thought that was beautiful that that was given the light and the place to you know meeting the leading factor and love story in a TV series. I thought that was very bold and brave. And, you know, look, we are in a world where everything is changing and I think it's for the better. We are a collateral. We are a collateral of cultures, of races, of people from all over the world with different values, with different belief systems, coming from different religions, upbringing, whatsoever, I think. It's time that we can all, you know, exist together. And I'm flattered. I mean, you know, it's just, it's incredible. And and I have to say the fan base, you know, it's also, I think, that mother figure that we've been talking about all the time. I mean, it's incredible what these beautiful beings write to me. And, you know, I read them all. I don't, I don't try and live my life on social media. So I do, you know, reply where I can. But I see the impact of what Alder has. And I have to say, um, I, besides being flattered, I'm also, I am a surprised because... Yeah, that, I that was going to be my question. I didn't know that Alder would have that impact. I did not know that. And that is very flattering, but I'm also surprised. And for <laughs> me, it also it makes me 
take that seriously. And I think I am in a position right now where, you know, I have to set an example. You know, the leadership isn't only through older, but also in the position that I'm in. And I'm working with a generation that is younger. And if I get to be the person that sets an attitude or shows how I think and believe things can be done, then I think that's a beautiful thing, you know? And if you do it with respect and with love, then magical things come from that. And if that is my purpose, then then I think that's a it's it's, it's amazing. And I love this this community so much. I think they are very important, and I've always supported them. You know, I have friends and people in my family that are gay, and I've always been, you know, the one to not even ever judge that. For me, it's just who you love. It doesn't. It's not to be, you know, whether in whatever shape or color or form that comes, it shouldn't be debated. What you love, you love, and that loves you back, and that's the most important thing. Does that, is that, does that make sense? Yes, that is You're going to make Ellie cry is the answer. <laughs> does that make sense? Yes, yes, <laughs> very much so. So for me, Thank it's you. huge, and I'm on, I'm really, I think it's beautiful that I can, you know, mean something. Um, I think, I don't know if I mean something. I mean, what do I know? Or what do I say? But I just... I, I just... think the fans will tell you, General General Alder means a lot of things to a lot of people. There's there's a lot of love. It's overwhelming. It really is. It's, it's really overwhelming. And I hope that I can just continue to fill her shoes, you know, and, and give her that same honor and also pull that through in, in my personal life. I love it. Yeah, there's, I mean... There's nothing more to say. That's you summed it up perfectly. <laughs> Does and that mean yes, it's time, Ellie? It is time. It is time for us to go into our Q and Gay. So we're gonna give you some multiple choice or yes or no questions. That we're gonna put them on our Twitter for our listeners as well. So they're just like silly, fun questions. So here we go. Are you ready? Yes. Q Q Q and, and, and Gay. All right. Question number one. Would you become a biddy for General Alder? A, yes. B, no. C, if she was dying and I had to. <laughs> That's funny. I would say three if she was dying and I had to. <laughs> a sense of duty, but like yes. not too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> question two, the question that's going to break our Twitter are you team A, Rayla, B, Talder, C, Bell Collar, or D, Adigail? Oh, my God. No, <laughs> I know, it's tough. <laughs> no, actually, that's actually very easy. I'm Talder. Of course I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like people are going to rip rip our Twitter apart for that one. But, we're you know, we're strong. We're going to put so. it out there anyway. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. It's Go ahead. Great. I can't wait. Look, for me... <laughs> The biggest tease in that scene was like, ah, should I, should I, I should have really done it just once just to make her, but anyway, next. (laughs) Yes. All right. Question number three. If you could live to be over 300 years old, would you? A, yes. B, no. Or C, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I like the options there. (laughs) I absolutely would. You would. Want to live to be over 300 years old with biddies or just without? Without, please. (laughs) (laughs) 
we're, we're gonna tell him you said that <laughs> for three hundred years. For three hundred I mean, years, yeah. There's no privacy. Uh, no. Yeah. No, yeah. No, no. I'm quite set on privacy. Yes. <laughs> Question for Lynn. I, I I can't tell how you're gonna land on this one. Um, mm-hmm. Who is your general out of A. Alder, B. Bellwether, or C. Nicta Batan? <laughs> the only right answer. Yeah, there's, Come on. The there's no right other answer. answer. There's, there's no, no other answer. answer. All right, question number five, our final question of our Q&A. What is your favorite General Alder alt-universe piece? A, the General Alder monument. B, Alder's face on Mount Rushmore. C, Alder on the $20 bill. Or D, Alder crossing the Delaware. Oh my God! Give me the twenty dollars. They're, they're all great. Yeah, they're all no, great. No, the, the dollar, dollar bill. When that happened, I was like, "What the actual shut the front door?" <laughs> I could not. I couldn't. I was literally like, I thought that was pretty cool. So yeah, the dollar bill for sure. And they're all pretty cool. Let's yeah, be honest. They are. They Those are. are they all are. All, I mean, look, that was a tough one, but a tough one, but a dollar bill. <laughs> I'm excited to see what everyone says about There's going to be some very interesting answers to this. I can't wait. Yeah, everybody's constantly asking me, like, Lynn, Lynn, you got to get to Twitter. you got to see what's happening on Twitter. And I'm like, no, <laughs> not happening. It's the best and worst place, you know? Yeah, it, it can <laughs> really suck sure. you right in. I, so. Exactly. I'm already sucked into too much, so thank you very much. Yes. And for those of you out there, remember you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Less Hangout Pod. Lynn, thank you so much for hanging out with us. This has been amazing. Oh my God, guys. Thank you very, very much. And to all of you out there, um, yeah, thank you for watching. Without you, we wouldn't be able to do this. Um, so know that I am, uh, you know, taking you with me on set and just thinking where I can tease you constantly. <laughs> <laughs> You always and do. <laughs> let our listeners know where can they find you. If you're not on Twitter, yeah, where so, can they go and look you up? Exactly. I'm not anti-social media. I just have to have one platform, but I keep it with that. I am on Instagram. I have a uh, profile under Lynn Renee, and um, I also have a profile for my art, if you're interested, which is at Lynn Art Renee on Instagram, but it's got very cool and are there any other are there any other projects coming up for you that you can talk about we have motherland season three you said gossip girl did that already come out gossip girl the first six episodes came out they're now on hiatus and i believe that the remaining six episodes will air in fall around halloween and so i'm starting motherland and then i will go into gossip girl so i will be busy until about september and then i don't know what happens so we'll see what gives we'll see what happens very exciting yeah it it is all very very exciting i'm very um a very lucky girl we always look forward to seeing you on our screens thank you so much again lynn for hanging out with us you're the best oh my god you guys too and um i'll uh yeah i'll talk to you soon i guess let me hear you say, hip, 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 well, yeah.
we love hearing from all of you and we love continuing to build this community so we just want to shout out some of our favorite things every episode and this week we want to shout out first uh we love getting should have been gay recommendations always so we want to shout out Griff's Pruel. I hope I'm saying that right. I am probably not, but sorry, I'm doing my best for recommending The Parent Trap, which of course we have already done on a Should Have Been Gay, but also Devil Wears Prada, which is on our list. We haven't gotten to it yet, but we're, it's, it's there. It's going to happen. It's going to happen sooner or later. We're excited. I've heard you've been reading some Devil Wears Prada fanfic too, Lee. Listen, I stumbled into (laughs) some weird Devil Wears Prada fanfiction. It wasn't bad. You know? I'm so excited to hear more about it when we do our Should Have Been Gay on Divorce <laughs> Prada. We also want to shout out Bravely Be Open on Twitter, who said that our Fear Street song was stuck in their head and said, thank you for the spooky bop. So thank you, Lee, for that spooky bop. Thank you, Ellie. Shucks. I think you made the, the bop part of the bop. So, you know, we love it. I couldn't do it without you. <laughs> <laughs> we just love when people love the essential songs. Let's be honest. It's so fun. It is a bop, though. I love that song. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best. We also want to thank our Lesbian Jesus patrons, Mark Foster, Jess Klaus, Tanya Ferguson, Jacqueline Rosnachino, Sarah and Julia, Carrie Ann Lawrence, Danny Gunlock Tamora, Brittany Ray, Alana Rosen, Lizette Stye, Stacey, A.D. Benitez, and Fiona W. And our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen, Leah Henley, Liz Chen, Julia Gonzalez, and Ashley White. Thank you, as always, to all of our patrons. We could not continue making this podcast without all of your support. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Less Hangout Pod. You can email us at lesshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or check out our website at lesshangoutpod.com. Whatever app you use for podcasts, make sure that you subscribe. That way you'll get new episodes as soon as they go up every week. Also, make sure to subscribe to The Flame wherever you get your podcasts or at bpn.fm slash The Flame. We also have new videos going up on our YouTube channel still. You can find them at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod. If you want to support the podcast, you can rate and review us on iTunes. We love hearing what you have to say, and it helps new people find the show. If you want to support us financially, the easiest and best way to do that is at our Patreon. You can find that at bit.ly slash lespatreon. You get all sorts of fun perks like ad-free episodes. You get access to our Discord chat, which is one of our favorite places. And you can join us for things like Les Central's watch parties. It's a good time. If you want to help us make more musicals, we are in the midst of writing a second musical. You can do that at bit.ly slash theflamepatreon. If you want to buy some merch because the holidays are coming, Christmas is on its way, you got to get some presents, you can find all of our designs on all sorts of things like tote bags and t-shirts and sweatshirts and masks and whatever else at bit.ly slash lesshop. If you want to find us individually, you can find me at Ellie Brigida on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LSH Foster. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And And let's let's hang hang out out again again soon. soon. Let's hang out.